Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, we're recording a little late this week, so we're not even going to discuss this upcoming uh, Thursday game. Probably going to release this Friday, so sorry if you're looking to us for help on your uh, terrible Thursday night football matchups, but... With that said, uh, we're going to kind of power through. We got a little change this week. We're going to try to keep it short because it is coming out late. Walk, how are you? And where do you want to get started? I'm doing fantastic. And surprisingly, John, these Thursday games have been pretty good uh, to start the year. So I'm actually going to put you on the spot here, and I'm going to call it as well. So no one's going to hear this until after the game happens, right? So Lions at Packers. Packers are plus one dog at home with a total of 46. Final score. Uh, let's go. Packers. Well, you just said it's been good, and it's typically bad. So I was going to go with a high score, good game. But let's, let's go to the negative trends division game. Let's go. Packers 17, Detroit 13. Okay. Well, listen, week one and two, good. Week three, terrible, right? Because that's the Giants played in that game, and they stink. So. I'm going Packers 24-21. So we're both on the Packers outright. So should be money lining them. Interesting. I, I did how. notice, just talking about Thursday in general, I noticed one little weird thing. We're in week four. Detroit has played two Thursdays already, and I know they're playing Thanksgiving. Yep. Is that good or bad for them? I mean, they're getting the 10-day break with all of them. Two Listen, of them, they're man. getting the short week. Week one doesn't count because it was the first game of the year. But Yeah, yeah. So they're getting the island game too. So they're getting all the exposure. They're a the hot team, man. After how they finished last year, everyone's on Detroit. So everyone but the betting public. 53% of the betting public's on Detroit, minus the one, 58 on the money line, and then 64% currently on the over at 46. So um, both you and I went the other way on all three of those. <laughs> again, not, not coming out till Friday. I think Luke Musgrave can go off here. Ooh, Dude, I agree. If, if, if Luke Musgrave, listen, I think it was week one, and then I believe it was this week. Jordan Love has missed him twice on like oh, yeah. fifty-yard touchdowns. Luke, Luke Musgrave is just literally inches away from being a monster through four weeks. It's going to be he—he he would be a definite buy target. I know this is not going to do you any good. Um, this week, but I would start putting out offers for Musgrave if you don't have them. I agree wholeheartedly. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions. We're so, tangent already. The last two games the Detroit Lions played, right? They they lost uh, to the Seahawks. The Seahawks had Noah Fant go four for 46, while Colby Parkinson went two for 41, and Will Disley went three for 35. Okay, that's nine catches, quick math for like 130 yards between those, oh. those three tight ends. Against the Falcons' prolific passing offense, which Desmond Ritter threw for 201 yards in their loss, Kyle Pitts had five for 41 and missed on a deep over that would have picked them up like another 40 yards. And Johnny Smith had five for 37, so that's 10 for 78 from from those two guys out of 200 passing yards. The Lions get gashed by the tight end position, absolutely gashed. So I'm with you, but. On to more relevant things. So we continue to evolve over at the Fantasy 40. Um, as John said, we're a little late this week because John was doing some traveling. Um, not the fun kind, but, you know, he was he was in the passenger seat, reclined for a significant period of time. 
over the last several days. So we're going to do a slightly condensed altered version, which is going to be a one key stat segment from every game of last week. John is going to run through the usage report of fantasy relevant players. And then we're going to go through a breakouts, bust and buy segment as well. Who knows what the future holds? We might go back to two episodes, but this is what you get this week. So just eat it. Okay. So I was uh, using the NFL terms. I I was doubtful for this week. I was downgraded to doubtful. I was highly doubtful. Come back at the 11th hour. He did not practice all week. <laughs> that's, DMP that's really and I showed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, he, he Willis readed it, right? He just came, came out of the tunnel, ready to go. Um, yeah. So we're just going to dive in and we're just going to run the entire slate from last Thursday back. It seems like that Thursday night football game a week ago was a lifetime ago. I was actually in Vegas when this game was played yeah. and did not get to see John DeBart. Uh, but I mean, goodness. Yeah. It's a week at this point in time. So in that game, just want to point out Christian McCaffrey, his rush attempts through the first three weeks of the season were 22, 20 and 18. The 49ers are just crushing people. And they said they wanted to manage his reps. This was the first game that Elijah Mitchell got any significant work, but there has been a slight downturn in his rush attempts. Each game, two less every week. They're winning comfortably, but it still yielded an RB3, an RB6, and an RB4 fantasy finish in PPR. So no cause for concern, but they clearly are reducing his load a little bit. Next game, Colts at Ravens. Lamar Jackson rushing totals through three weeks. Six for 38, 12 for 54, 14 for 101 and two. This offense is quickly regressing back to Greg Romian standards more and more so yes except with regards to targeting mark andrews who only saw a 16 percent target share in week three it's ugly so far for the somehow two and one ravens titans and browns abject disaster the browns have given (laughs) up a total of 156 rushing yards through three games quick math that's 52 yards per game on the season long story short can't start your running back first the Browns. Doesn't matter who it is. Just as a as an happening a running back first them anyway. But yeah, no. We'll start now. Speaking of those Lions, but to Lions or Falcons? Sorry, at the Falcons. Falcons at Lions. We have a Desmond Ritter problem. So when forced to throw, Desmond Ritter threw it thirty eight times last week in a game that they were trailing throughout. Ritter averaged a paltry 5.3 yards per attempt. He stinks. He is not any better than Marcus Mariota was. I never trusted this guy. This team is just going to middle because they have a decent enough run game that they can get away with it. But if they get behind, they are not capable of catching up. Bonus stat. Jared Goff dropped back 33 times in his game as well and threw it to four players. Only four people on the Detroit Lions. <laughs> solid target on the week. And yet... Jameer Gibbs still only saw two targets, or roughly 6% target share in the week. What the fuck are the Lions doing with Jameer Gibbs? Like now he's become like a heavy run. I think he had 17 carriers in the game. So they just stopped throwing it to him, even though they only threw it to four people. I, I don't understand what's going on anymore. It's very Lionsy. It, it is. Tell me one thing, do another. You know, build up my faith and then, you know, abuse me with it. Saints at Packers. Uh, Derek Carr sprained AC joint. Um, Jameis Winston finished that game. Fun fact, Saints play the Buccaneers this week. So Jameis Winston gets to go against his old team. But I wrote that Aaron Jones can't come back soon enough. 
A.J. Dillon has had 28 for 74 scoreless yards on the ground in the two weeks that Aaron Jones has missed with a long run of eight yards. A.J. Dillon stinks. Just plain and simple stinks. Also, Christian Watson is not coming back to any significant target volume. With all those guys that they're working through right now, you better hope Christian Watson is the huge boom player when he comes back because he's going to have to do it on like six targets a game. Because you mentioned Musgrave. They like Reed. Romeo Dubs is playing out of his mind. Dontavian Wicks is getting work. When Aaron Jones comes back, he's catching passes. And they still yeah. and they don't want to throw it a lot. Christian Watson might average five targets a game when he comes back. So. Do you know like obviously I'm not the team physician. I don't know what's going on. But doesn't common sense tell you with the Thursday night coming that you should probably not get Aaron Jones and Watson out there and give them an extra 10 days to get better and be 110% fully healthy for the remainder of the season. It just seems like a weird spot to squeeze both of them in when you know you've got a 10-day break. Yeah. Sage advice, and you did say that you were out of pocket most of Sunday. So I saw Aaron Jones warming up before the game in week three. And I thought for sure he was playing hundred mm-hmm. percent. He was opening it up. He was, there was no, there was no thought in my head that he was not playing week three. And then I heard, well, they got a short week against the division foe lions. So they're proceeding with caution. So to them, they were giving him four more days rather than rushing him back. Um, I honestly thought he was playing last week. Christian Watson, who knows? Christian Watson hasn't played yet this year. So yeah, um, I'm indifferent on him, but I think the plan with Aaron Jones was, yeah, we know you could go today, but we're giving you a couple extra days because we need you against the Lions. So it's the same same thought process I had, but just a <laughs> shifted a week. Just backwards. Yeah, just backwards. Okay. Um, Texans at Jaguars. CJ Stroud is legit. 64.5% completion percentage, 906 passing yards, four touchdown to zero interception ratio so far on the season. And he's giving you 11.7 yards rushing per game. You and I were both CJ Stroud over Bryce Young. I know it's only three games. I'm crowning us winners. CJ Stroud, better fantasy and real life quarterback than Bryce Young will be. Here's a question for you on that too. So, you know, typically most NFL drafts, you get two long-term starters. It's through three games. Definitely looks like Stroud. Richardson passes the eyeball test. So, Shit, you know, early here. Are we putting a fork in uh, Will Levis and in Young? I, I mean, think listen, I think the Will answer Levis, is yes, right? Will Levis let everyone off the hook because he was a second round pick, right? If someone would have bought up into the late True. first, but I think he's he's out of the conversation now, right? He would be a pleasant surprise, and he should be starting for the Titans very soon. I don't him or or Malik Willis. It shouldn't be Ryan Tannehill anymore. But Vrabel's far too stubborn. But that's a total tangent. I think. Bryce Young is safer, but oddly enough, not safer because he's too little. He can get hurt. The way that Anthony Richardson runs, he's got hurt every NFL game of his career so far. It's only been two, but (laughs) he's two for two. 100% injury rate so far, and he's still not out of the concussion protocol right now. So there's a good chance he doesn't play this week. So injury could keep him, could impact him for the first four games, four games of his NFL career. That's, that's, that's not good. That's not good. So, yes, upside is still with Richardson, but I just think 101 overall and kind of the pedigree of Bryce Young, 
they're he's gonna he's gonna play in the NFL for 10 years. Now, do I think he has big fantasy upside? No, but I didn't before. So because yeah. he's not gonna get away with running. He looks scared running around out there, and then he hurt himself. He should doing it. <laughs> he, should. <laughs> he should be, yeah. Right, rightfully so. He should just spike the ball immediately upon the grave, like live to fight another day. But CJ Stroud legit. Um Texans are on to something. Still mistake trading for Will Anderson and giving up your first next year. My humble opinion, even though the dude's legit, but we'll see how that goes. The game of the week, Broncos at Dolphins. Number one, Sean Payton hates Russell Wilson. He kept him in after he pulled like every starter from the game. Just hates him. Just wants him out. They will probably want someone to get hurt. <clears throat> be totally honest at this point. Wants nothing to do with Russell Wilson. And speed kills. Something we already knew. The Miami Dolphins ran for 350 yards and five touchdowns. Ran for that. Remember, a few games ago, I said the Cleveland Browns have given up 156 yards rushing on the season. <laughs> right? Miami gave up. Miami amassed 350 and five touchdowns on the ground versus the Broncos. Oh, and they chipped in another 11 receptions for 90 yards and three touchdowns. The running backs. Absolute evisceration on a team that did not have Jalen Waddle. Mike McDaniel is legit. Speed kills. Like, and Devin A. Devin A. Devin A. Chan, and I think he said it's A. A. Chan. There's now another way to pronounce his name. I heard mm. is is for real too. You can't put you can't we're put pa- that back. We're pack committed. It's A. Chain. <laughs> A. Chain. Okay, can't put it back in the box. He should. Yeah, he should have fixed it at the combine. Yeah, you added the the parenthesis on your first name. Now you're changing your last name. It's like, come on, man. It's not like you just appeared. You're like a national track star. People have been saying your name for years. Chargers at Vikings. Keenan Allen is currently on pace for 221 targets on the year. <laughs> And they just lost Mike Williams to an ACL. Chance Who do you more? like in his absence? Are you, are you bumping Palmer way up? You think Quentin Johnson 100%. gets the big bump? And I'm, I'm team Josh Palmer 100. percent Okay, and we'll get we'll get to that later. Jet Patriots at Jets, another ugly game. I heard the opposite of what I'm about to say, and I. Well, admit I'm wrong if it comes down to it because the game script did justify this. But I believe that Ramondre Stevenson has a Zeke problem. Rush attempts on the season, Zeke has carried 38% of team rush attempts to Ramondre's 40 or to, sorry, to Ramondre's 62%. Targets on the season. This was supposed to be Ramondre's bread and butter. Zeke, 38% to Ramondre's 62%. This is a pure 60-40 split. Between these two guys, I did not see the getting that volume. I definitely did not see him getting those targets, but everyone talks about his pass pro. Seems like a guy that Belichick would love. I don't know that this was just an outlier game where Zeke did see a lot of carries down the stretch. It's clear that the Patriots want to use Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I mean, that's a very Patriots thing, right? I mean, for years they've brought in these vets that a lot of people think are washed and they have a specific role in mind for them and they thrive in that role. I wasn't. I didn't hate the signing in the couple of leagues where I have him. I was like, oh, this is probably the best case scenario. So eh. it was definitely the not, best case scenario. Yeah. Not not Bill, the uh, year in, year out RB1 we're accustomed to, but you can definitely plug him in as a RB2. And he's not giving you zero. Can't say that about a lot of RB2s. 
Yeah, very, very true. And they are, interestingly enough, playing the Cowboys. Do you not think Zeke's going to get a lot of opportunity in this game, too? In his Do you know what? Game? Just going to more Patriots uh, psychology here. Well, <laughs> Patriots signed Will Greer <laughs> off uh, Cincinnati's practice squad after he's been on the Cowboys for, what, three seasons? Just, yep. you know, they're just picking that guy's brain this whole week to get this entire Dallas playbook. Dallas comes off this giant disappointment. I think New England beats them. Oh, yeah, listen, Bill's still playing chess. All right. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll continue to find loopholes in all of this until you close them. That's what he spends yeah. his nights. Now that he's not with his girlfriend anymore. He spends his days coming up with plays and he spends his nights coming up with workarounds in the NFL to, <laughs> to try and get him to the all time record. All right, back on track. Bill's at Commanders. James Cook, this is theoretical. I didn't run any analysis here. Could post 700 all-purpose yards and zero touchdowns on the season. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills have four rushing touchdowns. They've come from three different players. Josh Allen, Damian Harris, and Latavius Murray. Cook's not seeing opportunity over any of those three guys. I know he has had some red zone work, but he better bang his head on the goalpost from 20 yards out if he wants to get a crack at a touchdown here. It's He's been uber efficient. He's looked great, but they clearly have defined roles in this offense. Yeah. Panthers or Seahawks? Two things. Quick. JSN, 13.6% target share on a year. Was I thought it was less, honestly. Seems like he's not involved at all. That number was higher than I thought. And Kenneth Walker is trending. He's at 12, 17, and 18 carries across his three weeks as he worked back from a from a uh, preseason injury, and he's had four touchdowns during the last two weeks, but the longest has come from seven yards out. I was told that Zach Charbonnet is supposed to get the short yardage work, so I don't know what's happening here, but Kenneth Gamewell is thriving in the short yardage role this year. Cowboys or Cardinals? Yeah, I'm going to talk about two running backs real quick. It's super interesting, right? Cowboys or Cardinals? So Tony Pollard, 62 rush attempts on a year is not going to last with this volume. They keep pounding him up the middle. I'm like every play, I'm like, he's not going to get back up. <laughs> he's not going to get back up. I mean, averaging over 20 rush attempts per game so far, like they get they, until this past week, they have not let anyone else on the field other than Tony Pollard. And he's running it so much that he's not being used as much in the passing game, which is not what any of us want to see. Conversely, Correct. James Conner, 51 rush attempts on a year for the surprise Cardinals continues to be fantasy viable. Because somehow they're running and he's scoring a touchdown. It's crazy. Bears at Chiefs. The Bears are broken. No one is startable in their entire offense. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have had 82 rush attempts on the season and have not had a fantasy viable running back until they played the Bears this week when all three of their running backs were startable, including CH. Yeah. It's it's just like their receiving game. There's You have no clue who to play. It's not for lack of opportunity. 82 rush attempts in three games. And they're running the ball. And then the Jets aren't really ideal for the run game either. So I don't think this is a game where you you, you try and lean into that. I think they're going to throw it all over and probably more of a Jared McKinnon game. But just a crazy amount of rush attempts for true lack of production until they faced the dysfunctional Chicago Bears. Well, you mentioned the Raiders throwing to to four people. uh, And we talked about this a week ago. But the Chiefs again this week. 11 12. guys got a target. Oh, I literally said 12 fucking... facetiously. I literally yeah. was being facetious with 12. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. There's opportunity in this offense, but and it's no news. But anyone outside of Kelsey is not dependable. 
at all. Not good for fantasy anymore. Oh, Crazy. Sure. Him him and Mahomes, as, as it's continued to be. But yeah, that, that running back position, the, the coveted running back position in Kansas City is now an RBBC too. It, you know what? They, they, they were on pace and they should have hung 70 on the Bears. We should have had two 70s this week. They could have, but they certainly they, they did the right thing and took their foot. Well, fuck, Miami took the foot off the brake. They fucking our guy Chris Brooks was exploding. Fucking John. Mike White was bombing the chosen. I mean, anybody could do anything. So I guess they didn't keep trying, but they couldn't help themselves. Okay, the and you, you know the record seventy two. The Dolphins had an opportunity to kick a field goal at the end of the game. Yes, and just nailed correct. it out. Like Mike McDaniel, you know, chose you know to let them live. Rather than yeah. make Sean Payton a, a record holder for the Gave wrong the reasons. Thumbs up there at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He showed mercy. It was beautiful. All right. On to these Steelers at Raiders. So uh, I've been saying it on Twitter for weeks and people have been arguing with me and all those people are wrong. Najee Harris is a two down thumper. Okay. He's at 35 carries for 139 scores yards through three weeks. You want to know what he's done as a receiver? This is going to, this one's really going to hit home, John. The numbers five, three, two. Those are his targets, receptions, and yards. I wonder how much of that. I, I'd like to go back now that you've brought it up, and I, I'm curious to see Pickett's college stats. You know, some of these guys just like to, well, well, we knew dislike one, throwing to certain positions. So yeah, year one of Najee Harris, he was like Big Ben's lifeline. Those are extended handoffs. So yeah. that made sense, but it would be interesting to look at pick it a little bit, but realize Deontay Johnson's not around. Like there's still one less person really eating. I mean, yeah, he's throwing it to Calvin Austin and Allen Robinson for some reason, but he's not throwing it to Najee Harris. I'll tell you that. Could be scheme too. I mean, that Matt Canada guy, I think just got some sort of raise in promotion, but uh, anybody he did. They were, they listen. were chanting fire Matt Canada after the week two game. And they announced that he was promoted <laughs> in week three. Yeah. I mean, the it's people fantastic. hate him. The, the, the pundits, yeah, everyone hates him. People, pundits. well, let me let me just uh, let me just dispel this now because I I thought so, but I hadn't looked this up. Jalen Warren, sixteen targets, twelve catches, one hundred and one yards through three games. So, Najee, just a two down grinder. Sorry, it is what it is. They actually have a good matchup this week, so hopefully he plays well. Then you should sell. Dynasty redraft, whatever. Got to get out of the Najee Harris business. On to the two Monday nighters, and then we're going to go to John's segment, right? So Eagles at Buccaneers. Okay, um, DeAndre Swift is on pace to lead the NFL in rushing yards, and he barely played in Week One. Sixteen is carries, he for really? Yards. Yeah, looked uh, looked get amazing. Out. Yeah, I think he's it's a few yards behind on the season. Holy shit. Yeah, so as far as leaders, he is 45 yards behind Christian McCaffrey. That's crazy. On 15, on 15 less carries, so three yards per carry. So if he had a modest week one, he'd be the, the leader in rushing yards. He pretty much played two games so far this year. He also is doing nothing in the passing game. Through his year-to-date, he has five receptions for 14 yards. So he's they're not using him at all like he's been used before. But with that offensive line, he is hitting holes and he's just exploding north-south. But Kenny Gamewell saw 14 carries in a game that was largely competitive. So there's, you're not going to see that 30-touch DeAndre Swift game again 
as long as Kenny Gamble's there. They love Kenny Gamble. He's getting touches in that offense. So it just caps Swift's upside. And on the season, A.J. Brown has 30 targets and zero touchdowns. Just thought that was significant. His long reception of the year is also 28 yards. He has not seen those huge boom plays that it seems like DeAndre Smith, DeAndre Smith, uh, Devontae Smith is still getting. Um, but I, the breakout's coming. They're trying to overcorrect. He could add two touchdowns on Monday night, but facts are facts. 30 targets, zero touchdowns. Did you did you see what AJ Brown said about uh, why he hasn't didn't play well? No, he ate. He said he ate some. You know those. He ate Chipotle chips? again. No Takis, the Taki chips. And my man had. He must. He might have a more sensitive stomach than I do. He said he had some. Took him away from any spicy. He made him sick, and yeah, he will dude. no longer be eating Takis. <laughs> no, listen. Stay away from the spicy food. Fucking My goodness, suck. Takis are the worst. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. But someone needs. Do you have a dietitian? That dude's like cut out of stone. He's just you, eating this you know. Another cut out of stone fucking guy is DK Metcalf, who literally that dude uh, eats if I'm not candy mistaken, all day. Yes, he lives on candy and coffee, pretty much. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, it's insane. What you? I guess you're capable of. Yeah, he's like one meal a day. All right, back to back to human beings. I Rams at Bengals. Shape and my back doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, my my belly aches. And John's back doesn't work. Yeah. Fucking guys eating candy all day. Better, He's built like a monster. Yeah, goodness gracious, genetics. Um, so Rams at Bengals. Your boy John Kyron Williams, famously still running that forty-yard dash, has thirty-nine carries on the season with a long run of nine yards. He's averaging 3.64 yards per carry. He has also found a way to turn 19 targets into eight catches, shitty catch rate for 77 yards and one touchdown. He's not good. He's just not Cam Akers. And I guess that's good enough, but he stinks too. Cam Akers catching a ton of shit for his paltry week one. Well, Kyron Williams, he scored touchdowns. He's been shit too. Maybe it's the Rams offensive line. Maybe. I don't know. Let's just... Call what it is. But regardless, Kyron Williams isn't the answer. Uh, I am trying to trade Kyron Williams any and everywhere I have him. Because it was might be Zach Evans. It could be Ronnie Rivers. It could be, who knows, bring back C.J. Anderson again for the end of the year. Finish this one off. But those are my one key stats. John, I can't wait to hear your <laughs> usage report before we close this out with breakouts, busts, and buys. So, yeah, I just kind of went through any, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, – snap share and stuff earlier in the year, but obviously, you know, week one, week two, it's hard to get a real read on where things are trending. So now going forward, there are more clear trends developing on teams. People are, are getting more involved, whether they earn it or injuries. They tried to admit the injury ones because those are pretty obvious. So there are only a few that stuck out to me. I'm going to go kind of alphabetical order here. Atlanta Falcons, Pitts and Janu Smith have both seen their snap share increase. Uh, Drake London's the only wide receiver that's on the field constantly. Hollins is obviously there too, but they're running looks to be, at least according to snaps, look to be running a little more two tight end sets. Uh, Pitts has got an atrocious uh, catchable pass rate, and John, who's had some uh, okay games through a small sample size, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Buffalo, Khalil Shakir is still their wide receiver four or five range. But he's been getting more work every week. So he's somebody I'd keep an eye on if you're looking for 
uh, a piece of this Buffalo offense. Gabe Davis is leading him in snaps, but isn't doing kind of what people had hoped years ago. Um, not that Shakir can supplant him at this point, but he's definitely trending up compared to other guys on an offense that you want to get involved in. Uh, and Dawson Knox is out there way more than uh, Kincaid. We talked about it all offseason. Knox one of my favorite tight end sleepers. He was never going anywhere, and he's still heavily involved. Carolina, DJ Chark, one game, led the team in snaps. I got to think, if healthy, DJ Chark is that team's wide receiver one. Thielen will slide back in that two role where he's probably more suited, but uh, it'll be interesting to see um, as we get to weeks four and five how how Chark's usage continues. But I suspect he's going to be their top receiver when all is said and done at the end of the year. Um, you were talking about Gibbs a little bit earlier. Yeah, we were talking uh, about Detroit. That, that's like the t- dude, that's like the tallest midget, right? Who, I mean, Chark? That, that passing game. Like you're saying he's going to be the top guy. <laughs> that's saying. I mean, look, we've seen we've seen it? bad offenses. If you're getting, I don't know. Listen, we, let's we've say, seen Chark. Let's say 40% uh, target share. Yeah. You can still thrive on that. Listen, Jonathan Mingo comes back. He's going to get opportunity as their second round draft pick as well. I agree. It's not feeling, but I just think Chark is just, I think he is just better in best ball, John. I well, like I said, one game, we'll see the, the, a, a week from now. He, he may be hurt again or skinny as fat person. See it tick down a little bit. Um, but Detroit w- with uh, David Montgomery in there, it was kind of a 60, 30 snap share Montgomery in the lead over Gibbs. Monty went down. Craig Reynolds comes in. Gibbs and him kind of split it 60-30. Montgomery's rumored to be coming back this week. It'll be pretty interesting to see how they split that. Um, I suspect it's going to go back 60-30 Gibbs or maybe more of a 50-50 this week. And then as Monty gets healthy, I think it stays 60-30. So something to keep an eye on, especially if you're a big Gibbs guy or Monty uh, on your bench. Devin Singletary is slowly ticking up in Houston. Not taking much work, but he is getting uh, more snaps on the field there. We talked about Chargers um, with Mike Williams being out. Palmer, Quinton Johnson, kind of pick your poison. I think to start, and there's just speculation, I think Palmer kind of takes over that two role. But if Johnson can develop, I could see them slide in Johnson in that two and keep him Palmer in the role where he's been successful. Uh, at tight end. Don Parham is pretty much even with Gerald Everett in snaps. He's got some good looks. I know just from watching red zone through three weeks, he's been targeted quite a bit in the red zone for them. Uh, I don't know if Everett is the guy you want in this offense at tight end. I think you can do fine with both of them, but I think they're both usable now where I think heading into the season, Parham wasn't on anybody's radar, but I would definitely add him, especially if you need help at tight end. Uh, you mentioned Kyron Williams with the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> Since Cam Akers is rumored to be on the move, I'm not including him. 184 snaps at running back for Kyron Williams. Walk, do you know who and how many snaps their RB2 is right now? Ronnie Rivers. Do you know how many snaps he has? Two. At four. <laughs> so it's 81, 84 to four. Yeah. Kyron Williams. So it, it, unless Zach Evans emerges, boy, it, Kyron Williams is going to get all he can handle. So as much as you wanted to trash him, which is fair completely, uh, the Rams don't care. That guy is getting a obscene portion of the work uh, so far this season. 
He's also slow uh, and undersized. England. Let's see how that True works. True story. Yeah. Um, I think he could actually – they're not throwing it to him, which is weird because I think he was a decent receiver. They are throwing it to him. He's had 17 targets in three weeks. That's 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 but I, target I think, value. 19. I'm sorry, think, 19 targets in three weeks. That's over six per game. Fuck. I think that could be his role, though. You know what I mean? If they had an actual two-down thumper, and, and I think that's good for – would be great for both of them. So keep that in your back of your mind for next year's draft. Um, <laughs> New, New England Patriots, Devontae Parker came back. Juju seems to be remaining in that two spot. Parker's taken over the one as far as snaps are concerned. Kendrick Bourne's been the biggest loser since uh, Parker came back. So as much as I do love Kendrick Bourne, the Patriots have him kind of number three in the pecking order now. New York Giants. My God, Darius Slayton. Slowly, every week, his snaps have uh, increased. He's their their default number one just because their wide receiver core sucks. But he's been seeing more and more work. I... There's just if, if you're gonna roll the dice on someone there, for me it's him just because he's out there. I know he hasn't produced shit, but gotta pick somebody. Why not the guy who's on the field? Um you mentioned Pittsburgh. Uh Jalen Warren is slowly seeing his snaps increase while Harris is going down. Not a shocker. Seattle, you talked about the rushing attempts for Walker, but Walker's snap share has gone down and Charbonnet's has gone up. Charbonnet hasn't done much with it. I I, I think. The Charbonnet plan is just insurance because they know they're going to run the wheels off Walker and he's going to get hurt. So Charbonnet is definitely a stash. You know, you talk about um, waivers and injuries and trying to be ahead of the curb, you know, the curve we saw with Nick Chubb going down and the teams that were smart and already had drafted or added Ford were a step ahead of everybody. There's a lot of situations where you got to kind of be two steps ahead of people if you're burning a roster spot. And I think Stash and Charbonnet now is really savvy because Walker's never held up. So we could have their RB1 just waiting there. And instead of dumping all your fab in six weeks, it's much better to stash him on your bench now. Uh, Tampa Bay, Trey Palmer, uh, he keeps getting more work. It's not turning into a ton of production on the field, but his snaps are increasing week by week through three weeks. We both really liked him coming out. He's looked okay in, in his small sample size of the NFL. I think wheels up for that guy. He'd be a trade target for me in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, tried to get him a couple places. and Damn, damn Trey Palmer's owners are stingy. And then the last and certainly least, Washington <laughs> Commanders, uh, Brian Robinson's snaps are trending down. Gibson's are trending up. Our guy, Antonio Gibson, is doing nothing with his increased snaps. As a matter of fact, it seems the more work he's getting, the worse he looks. He's fumbling and, and dropping balls. Pretty disappointing season for, for a year where we thought he was going to take over that McKissick role and be a real passing weapon. So far, he sucks, uh, which hurts me, hurts my soul. And Jahan Dotson is uh, clearly uh, the number one of the future there. I, I still like McLaurin, but Dotson's workload keeps increasing. I know McLaurin was dealing with that. Uh, high ankle or turf toe or whatever it was um, in the off season. But Dotson's trending up. Gibson is trending up in snaps, but down in performance. But that's kind of the quick look at anybody trending up and down. Yeah. That Antonio Gibson, that, that hurts us both at our, at our core. We really thought Eric, the <clears throat> enemy was going to be able to fix this, but Antonio Gibson does have a fumbling problem. There's no denying it. That guy yeah. puts it on the turf. So while he is explosive, Ron Rivera ain't, I mean, he's not, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. 
no sh- nor should he. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, you know, the cold hard facts of the NFL. You know, call Tiki Barber, figure this shit out, or your career is going to spiral <laughs> further out of control, Antonio. You know, like let's let's work on this together. Yeah, you know, I'm sure he'd answer. It's like a it's like a fraternity, right? Like running backs. Like, hey, I need some help. He won't care that you're, you know, a former Redskin now commander. Like, yeah, he's Tiki Barber. He'll help you out. High and tight. That's what I've been told. Yeah, don't hold it like Lestrade McCoy. All right. Or the March. So, yeah, I mean, a little different quarterback. That's just kind of natural. If these guys, they're never throwing it. Put it away. All right. <laughs> so great usage report, John. So now we're just going to go into a little quick breakouts, busts, and buys. Right. So to me, and these these breakouts aren't going to surprise anyone, but I do think they should be talked about specifically. So my week three breakouts, I had one at every position. So I still put C.J. Stroud, and even though this wasn't his better week of the last two, the last two weeks, C.J. Stroud has been QB6 and QB13 and has looked amazing. I mean, he's the only quarterback breaking out right now because Anderson ain't play, or Richardson ain't playing, and neither is Bryce Young. So he's the only one that can, but he looks great. Running back, RB1 overall, Devon A-Chain. Dude looked explosive. His long touchdown run at the end of the game, he looked like he was running at about 80% speed, and he was ghosting people. It's crazy how fast he is. The Dolphins have the all-time fastest team of all time, and they're not going to be able to put him back in the box. Wide receiver, Tank Dell with C.J. Stroud. Wide receiver seven this past week. He's a wide receiver two on the year, I think. Um, They had a connection. Stroud wanted Tank Dell drafted, and... Shit, it's working. So I was concerned with the size and the, you know, he I think he was a senior or a redshirt senior. So, you know, I thought it had passed on the Houston offense. You know, not the Texans, the University of Houston offense. I just thought it was a creation with Tank Dell, but he's doing it on the NFL field. Kudos to him. And then tight and oh, we'll one I mean, overall this week, Sam Laporta with a big touchdown. Not rookie tight end one. Tight end one. Top of the throne over. Travis Swift. Mr. Travis Swift. Travis Swift. Yeah. He took her name. He took her name. Oh, Jesus. I didn't even catch it. Missed that completely. I like it though. You had something to say about Tank though? I forgot. Now you threw me off with the the (laughs) Taylor (laughs) Swift thing. I did. It was so uh Oh, the, just him being, you're talking about his size. It's been a pretty good uh, start to the year for these smaller guys. Tutu Atwell's look good. Puka Nakua's not a giant man. Uh, you know, A-Chain's a little fella. The, these little guys all of a sudden have kind of popped. So I, I, I'm starting to think, uh, rethink my my drafting strategy for rookies coming in next year already, where maybe there's a role. I mean, obviously these are, Guys that have certain traits that you know, talk about Tank Dell and his ability to separate it helps him so much. And I, I don't know how Tutu Atwell is suddenly good after years of just <laughs> sitting there, but it is what it is. It's kind of interesting just to see these these smaller guys pop after years of everybody fading them. Yeah, I mean, fun fact, and I'm gonna have to check in on this one because uh, Puka Nakua, whose real name is Makia Nakua, Puka's his nickname, um, is six foot two, 205 pounds. Oh, so not so little. He's big. He's 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 bigger than I am. I, oh, I, I rescind my. I rescind. I got him in the weight class, but yeah, he looks smaller because <laughs> it'll game he plays. But sure it does he a big he a big boy? You have any other breakouts, John? 
Uh, no, I didn't do the breakout segment. Okay. I did skip so, that. Uh, I did. Perfect. So you give me some busts, and then I'll cross them. Oh so, yeah, guys, this. guys, I'm not looking for this week. I think Lamar Jackson's got a bad matchup. We got uh, Baltimore playing Cleveland. You talked about Cleveland's defense this year. If you have another option that's playable, I would be happily fading Lamar. Uh, another guy I'm fading that I think a lot of people like, Buffalo's not terrible against opposing quarterbacks. I, I see a huge letdown spot for Miami. They throw up this monster 70 points, a 50-point win. They're all feeling good about life. Uh, Tyreek Hill wants to get into the pornography field. I, I think they're in a spot where they're going to Buffalo, and I could see them getting their dicks kicked in by Buffalo. So Tua scares me a little bit. We mentioned uh, New England's defense earlier. I think Dak has a bad game. Uh, I think New England may win that outright. I do not like Dak this week. Uh, But those are my three main ones that I think people will be looking to plug in at quarterback. Um, Want me to run through the other positions? Or you got anything on quarterback? Yeah, let's go back and forth because I think this might be a good balance here. You're going for this week. I'm saying so far this year. So there is some overplay. So let's just do this. We'll just bounce back and forth. So I also had Dak Prescott, who is quarterback 25 on the season as a bust for me. And this is a guy that I wasn't high on. He doesn't run anymore after that ankle injury. And I just was never that enamored with him as a passer. He always buoyed his fantasy production with like those guaranteed five rushing touchdowns that he was getting every single year, sure. you know, putting four or 500 yards, whatever it was. He just doesn't run at all anymore. Maybe once a game out of absolute necessity and they're a run-based offense. Dak Prescott's better days are ahead of him. Justin Fields quarterback 18 on the season. I thought it was worse, but still not what people signed up for. Daniel Jones on my Scott Fishbowl team. Quarterback 21 on the season. Suck balls. One I'm giving the pass to. Joe Barrow is quarterback 30 on the year, but Joe Barrow shouldn't be playing football right now. That's pretty clear. Whatever this calf injury is keeping him largely immobile, but he is gritting it out. So I'm giving him the pass right now. But none of those guys are even a a high-end quarterback two so far in the season. <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow's got 28 points. Zach Wilson is 27. Oh, my God. Yeah. Swallow that. Ooh. Not, not yeah. what you're signing up for. No. So we'll go, right, go back to uh, guys I don't like this week. Um Lost my page. Uh, none of the, again, just going back to the well here with Cleveland. Uh, Gus the bus, Melvin Gordon. Uh, Gus, I think, has a concussion. He got banged up. Melvin Gordon might be the starter this week. No thank you against that Browns defense. Uh, Brees Hall, I do not like the Jets up against Kansas City uh, Sunday night football. I don't like anyone. This Jets offense is falling to pieces. So, I mean, the right play is to heavily get Brees Hall involved, but they seem very – disorganized now i don't see it happening uh travis Etienne against atlanta atlanta's been good against the run jacksonville all of a sudden looks pretty shitty falling apart this is the stupid london game so it's on at 6 30 in the morning uh, not interested yuck in that game in general even though jacksonville's got a bit of an edge since they do it every year um i also don't like Bijan robinson in that game jacksonville's been okay against the run but i just Staying away from the England game altogether. And Joe Mixon, I do not necessarily care for the matchup. Tennessee's pretty decent against the run. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the the struggles with Burrow. I don't think since he's completely righted the ship just yet. So I'm avoiding him also. Yeah, Brees Hall 
uh, on the season has 26 carries for 154 yards. But if you take away that big 83-yard run uh, right out of the gate in week one, he has 25 carries for 71 yards outside of that. And they're giving Dalvin Cook equal work, who has 25 carries for 58 yards. So outside of that run, they have 50 carries between the two of them for roughly uh, 130 yards. So that sucks. And (laughs) it's going to be a lost season for Brees Hall. So I'm with you on all that. Running back bust so far in the year, Josh Jacobs. I don't think any fault of his own. Just the Raiders. They uh, Devontae Adams come out this week saying they played like shit and this isn't a standard. Mm-hmm. And you know they talk about it, but they got to do it. Like, yeah, this is the whole team. Josh Jacobs is currently running back twenty five on the season, but Jesus, still better than Damian Pierce, who's running back twenty nine on the season. Luckily, scored a touchdown last week. He has been plummeting. And then just to circle back and take another shot at Mr. Harris, Najee Harris is running back. 48 on the season. He is the last running back four in fantasy football in a year where running backs are dropping like flies. Najee Harris has played three games and is barely a running back four. He stink. You know, you talk about going zero RB and then I'm looking through just the top 12 through, you know, three weeks. Doesn't mean much. Raheem Mostert, shocker to be there. <laughs> McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Walker probably thought he'd be RB1, not necessarily three. A chain is number four based entirely on his single single game 47 point performance. Blew my mind. I don't know if you heard me under my breath go, what the fuck, or whatever I yelled here. Brian Robinson is number five. You could have, I don't know where I thought he was, but you could have got millions of dollars out of me on a bet. Uh, Kyron Williams, number six, Tony Pollard, seven. Connor, eight, not a shocker, but he's not going to hang in there all year. Jerome Ford, RB9, which means Chubb probably would have been one. Swift out of nowhere, RB10, Robinson, 11, not surprising. And wrapping up the RB1s, of course, Zach Moss. It's pretty wild, man. (laughs) Dude, it's the world we live in. What a time to be alive. Yeah, that's why you don't pay running back. All right, so two wide receivers busts for this week. Uh, again, back to the well. Not not against Cleveland. Zay Flowers, get out. Don't like Lamar. Don't like your running backs. Not going to like your top receiver. Um, Justin Jefferson, not a fade. You're obviously going to play him week in, week out. The guy is a stud, but I don't know if you're going to expect um, the usual numbers. Carolina has been pretty good against wide receivers this year. I think this could be a, a yucky game. Um, he obviously gets the volume. He'll be, he'll be fine, but don't. Don't base your win this week on him going off. Uh, Garrett Wilson, again, back to this Jets thing. They're, they're arguing with their coaches, pointing fingers. Aaron Rodgers had to send a message out from home about team unity and shit. This thing is falling to pieces quick. Uh, it's not going to get better against Kansas City, who've been decent against opposing wide receivers. Even if they weren't, Garrett Wilson is uh, – Zach Wilson is his quarterback. Not good for him. And uh, Kelvin Ridley, again, going back to Jacksonville. Ridley came out of the, the box hot. That first game exploded. Kirk's been getting more involved um, before he got banged up. Zay Jones was uh, plenty involved. I, I think he's coming back to earth a little bit. He had that big game in, in this game, like I said, in general, I'm fading. So at wide receiver, those are a couple guys who I do not like this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, I was all aboard the Calvin Ridley hype train coming out of the gate, and then I just think like a year and a half of not playing football happened to him. Like he was winded and he was getting nicked up. He was running in the goalposts. Like 
things are <laughs> things are going a little bit awry uh, for Mr. Ridley. So I'm still there on him. I don't think he's a wide receiver one, but I think he is a wide receiver two. I think he's going to post probably a top 20 season when it's all said and done and get things back on track. But you're right. When Zay Jones comes back, you know, they clearly want to keep Christian Kirk involved and they do have Evan Ingram in that offense as well. So I don't know that any of these guys finishes uh, as a wide receiver one when it's all said and done. Um, but uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence better get his shit together because he looked terrible against the Texans last week. So echoing your comments on the season, I wrote Raiders wide receivers, right? When Zay Flowers, who I love, is wide receiver 29 on the year, eclipsing Rashad Bateman at wide receiver 95. I, I Awful. just got to quit him. I is he have. done? Is he done? I, I, I mean, it, I keep is- buying, John, and it's an addiction, right? Uh, apparently I'm just like, uh, his value can't get any lower. Right. You know, maybe it's just not in Baltimore, but I'm like, shit, he has the opportunity here. It's just not working. I also think this offense is a nightmare right now. So who knows, but that beats, uh, Odell Beckham, who's wide receiver hundred. And I know he, he left the game injured, but (laughs) we said that was going to happen anyway. Meanwhile, Nelson Aguilar is wide receiver 55 on the year, just a level set because he caught a touchdown. So he's, he's been better fans. The option of Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham so far in the season for Ravens, DJ Moore, who, I was yet again high on and yet again disappointed by wide receiver 40 on the year. And then earlier you made reference to this guy. Your guy, Terry McLaurin, is wide receiver 43 on the year. There's problems in Washington. Um, I know it was only one game, but you know that whole team looked like it was falling apart this yeah. past week. Tons of interceptions thrown by Howell. Um, no one is really popping in that offense outside of Brian Robinson. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's not who you want to be, like the explosive element of your offense <laughs> no. by any means. So you know, the enemy needs to get, you know, he needs to get this ship humming in, in the right direction because the wheels are, the wheels are, the wheels are wobbling uh, at this point in time. And it's, it's not looking pretty for the Washington pass catchers or uh, Sam Howell at this point. No, no good at all. Um, pivoting over to tight ends for this week. Actually, this is, I, I think these is this week as a whole is going to be interesting for fantasy. A lot of the top guys, I think, have really dog shit matchups. So I think people that are counting on, you know, the Lamar Jacksons and and Brees Halls of the world and Justin Jefferson, I think if you have a really strong starting lineup, you're going to be disappointed with what your team puts up this week. Because I think a lot of the, when I go into kind of the sleepers a little bit more, I think there's a lot of lesser lesser thens with much better matchups this week, and and it'll be interesting to see if I'm right because I. I feel like with three games, you got a pretty good sample size of who's good at and not good at defending what position. So with tight end here, um, again, the, the the Browns. Browns are doing great against opposing tight ends. I don't like Mark Andrews. So I got I got I have one Baltimore Raven in every uh, fade category for this week. Uh, same game will stay there. Baltimore's been good against opposing tight ends also. So I don't like Njoku. I see this being a super low-scoring affair. Uh, Dalton Schultz has been a bit of a disappointment. Thought he'd Milk be more heavily involved. What's that? Milk carton. Yeah. Um, but okay. Pittsburgh's been good against opposing tight ends. So get Dalton Schultz out of your lineups. And your guy, Dallas Goddard, uh, Washington, has been good against tight ends. So kind of some big names there for tight ends that everybody's aware of. If you have other options, I would be pivoting. Yeah, I mean, it's the grass isn't always greener, right? Because you start these three guys I'm going to mention. One, I'll just get Dalton Schultz out of the way because people still had high hopes for him, and I didn't think he would be tight end 39 on, on the season, uh, which he is. 
in an offense that's throwing the ball, they're just throwing it to exclusively wide receivers. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. They're throwing it to Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Robert Woods. Apparently, Robert Woods greater than even Dalton Schultz. Maybe Dalton Schultz is blocking more. I haven't watched the tape because I know that the Texans have some offensive line issues, but nonetheless, um, the return has not been good for, for Mr. Dalton Schultz. Just above him was everyone's late-round darling, Juwan Johnson, who is currently tight end 37 on the season. I was skeptical with bringing Jimmy Graham in, with signing Foster Moreau, with Taysom Hill being there about Juwan Johnson, and it's bared fruit just thus far. I just watched Jimmy Graham catch a touchdown and not even attempt to try and jam it over the goalpost anymore because I don't believe he's capable. But he still caught a touchdown that Juwan Johnson couldn't. And then lastly, everyone's other darling, Chiga Conquo, tight end 40 on the season. One, the whole, entire Titans offense is abysmal. Soup to nuts, every single one of them. But once DeAndre Hopkins signed there, I said, Chig's done. There's, they will never throw it enough for the third option to have any relevancy in an offense. And it is bared fruit. I was high on Chig. I believe that Schultz could have easily been a top 20 tight end. It wasn't really there on Juwan Johnson. But these guys are not even tight end threes right now. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the hype coming in with Schultz and Aconquo, and a lot of people did like Johnson. I mean, they're they're behind Brevin Jordan, Cole Turner, Everyone. Colby Parkinson. It's like, <laughs> whoa, these are – I mean, me and you like Kate Otten, but I don't know if we thought at the end of the year they'd be ahead of him. Even, even the corpse of Jadu Smith has beaten both those guys. So, yeah, there are some – John Farrell Brown's passed him on one catch. That's granted, yeah. it was a big one, but he's done it on one it's catch. Crazy, pretty yeah. nuts. Everyone else, yeah. So, all right, I'll pivot just to sleepers here, quick guys. I like this week if they're healthy. I like Jimmy G and I like Bryce Young this week. Daniel Jones playing Monday night. Uh, Seattle's defense has been laughable thus far, especially for opposing uh, quarterbacks. And even, you know, I mentioned Jimmy G and uh, Bryce Young. If Jimmy G's out and Aiden O'Connell goes in this week, I would play Aiden O'Connell in in DFS for sure. I think this this Chargers defense has been fucking atrocious. So fire up your quarterbacks. Uh, I'll just run through uh, my other sleepers real quick. Running back. Take take your pick from the Bears, Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson. I mean, we just saw what Denver allowed a week ago. I would not have those same expectations, but clearly they can be run upon. Um, we're going sleepers here, so went digging down a little bit, keeping it that same game. Why not a Samaje P. Ryan game here? Bears have not been great against the run either. Um, P. Ryan isn't getting a ton of work, but what? Why not this week as they want to shake things up possibly to getting that locker room's head. Alexander Madison, I know people have not been thrilled with him so far, but he's one of the few guys getting like a 70% snap share at running back. I know they traded for uh, Cam Akers, I believe. Right? Am I right? That's who got him. Yes, sir. So could he be a little more involved this week? Yeah, but give me Madison as a breakout game. The Minnesota's had a tough schedule to start the year for for running backs, so I I think – the worry is definitely overstated. I think they hit a softer part of the schedule here for a few weeks, and I think we'll see a little bit more out of the running game. And I mentioned Charbonnet earlier, just because he's seen a little uptick with the uh, the snaps. He, he could break one against New York here and kind of get his name out there. I like him. Wide receiver, not a sleeper per se, but I love Jacoby Myers. I already mentioned um, 
getting Aiden O'Connell in there if he's even playing. So give me Jacoby Myers against this Chargers defense. Uh, Darius Slayton, I mentioned, is someone whose snaps are going up. Again, Seattle's been bad against the pass. Why not him if you're getting Daniel Jones? Probably a super cheap stack in DFS. Uh, DJ Chark, I mentioned earlier, who I like. You threw this name out there. Bobby Woods. I like Houston against Pittsburgh's defense this week. Woods is on the field constantly. He's not getting the the, the big plays like we're seeing from uh, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. But it almost seems like this is a team where it's going to be a different guy each week, so why not be Bobby Woods week? Uh, Chase Claypool for the Bears is out there. I mean, that's all you can say. He's playing. So if you think Denver's going to fall apart again, why not go with Claypool? He'll be a lower-owned option. Again, we're talking sleepers. DJ Moore would be the preferred choice here, but I'm digging deep. And then your guy, Elijah Moore, I think, can have a decent game against Baltimore. And I mentioned with tight ends how I think it's a, a good week where a lot of big names are going to fail, which means some of the lesser lesser than's got to pop. I love Logan Thomas this week if he plays and is healthy. I'd be happy with John Bates even in this matchup. Uh, Philly has not been great against opposing tight ends. Kyle Pitts, who I think I have is – doesn't count as a sleeper because of his name value, but because he does shit, you can plug him in there. I think he's in a spot to have a good game against Jacksonville. Uh, I mentioned Donald Parham earlier because Vegas is terrible against the tight ends. Uh, people are probably going to be on Everett, so if you want to pivot, go to him. Uh, and last and certainly least, ugh, Adam Troutman. How about a get-right game against these terrible Chicago Bears? So I, I, I like that one. And an interesting fact, just talking about that Bears game, Bears lose, they go to 0-4. If Arizona loses to San Francisco, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, uh, Carolina loses against Minnesota, 0-4. That means the Bears have two 0-4 uh, draft picks already. Looking good for them to pick potentially one and two. Just barreling down. You know, the back-to-back is like a dynasty drafter's dream, right? Out in the 101 yeah. and 102 in your rookie drafts, right? You After the 101 Mark. last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, traded out of it to get the rest, right? So it's, yeah, it's it's good to be the crap. And Jimmy G looks like a high ankle sprain. I don't know how he plays. Aiden O'Connell, you're right, DFS play, because they probably start Brian Hoyer to start the game. Oh, I don't think he finishes terrible. the game. Um, but they shouldn't, imagine, right? I mean, correct? They, should. they shouldn't have put Hoyer in there. You've got to no, kick the wheels no. on O'Connell. Listen, you look great in the preseason. You got to see what you have in the young kid. You're getting a free opportunity to do it when your starters hurt. You take it. And uh, my boy Elijah Moore is currently tied for 19th in wide receiver targets on the year. No longer a sleeper. Not allowed to call him a sleeper anymore. He just hasn't exploded yet. But I'll let you have it. Um, so great week starts, including that uh, Logan Thomas one if he plays. Because, again, I've just been screaming. The Eagles, I bet Kate Otten. Over two and a half catches. He had a beautiful 16-yard catch on, like, the first possession. They tried to target him on a screen this next possession. He dropped it, like, egregiously, and he saw one target the rest of the game. Went under <laughs> on me. He just, of course, once I finally bet on it, but Logan Thomas is far more involved in, in that offense. So I'm right there with you. So from your sleepers to my dynasty buys or even redraft buys you know, at this point in time, we already mentioned Luke Rus- Musgrave, but I agree. The explosion game is coming. The 50-yard touch get down that Sam Laporta had last week, it's coming. He's had the opportunity um, and just a little off with Jordan Love, and, and it's going to happen. Josh Palmer mentioned before, you said, who would I rather have? Mike Williams, ACL. Josh Palmer filled in, whether it be for him or Keenan Allen, well last year. I don't think Quentin Johnson's ready. 
they're throwing the ball in this offense and Josh Palmer is going to be the beneficiary of it. I think Josh Palmer could put up a top 20 wide receiver season uh, the rest of the year. From him to Tajay Spears, Derrick Henry's, I, I think he's done and the Titans are done. So whether they're trading him at the deadline or just they should see what they have in Tajay Spears, at least he's a little explosive. He hasn't done anything yet. You may still be able to get him. And then the last guy, and you had mentioned him earlier, Tutu Atwell. Still don't think the value is high on him. I released him in a couple dynasty leagues just to make room this past season, but I thought yeah. there might be a sliver of a chance with him. If when Cooper Cup returns, Atwell still isn't leaving the field, in my opinion. Second round pick by this regime, and they're finding ways to use him. The thing Three with weeks him, he's, go ahead. The thing with, with him that's been a problem, because I agree with you, they, they've, they've talked him up every year. So then you're like, oh, maybe it's two two Atwell time. So by the time it got to this year, you're in a total boy cries wolf situation where you're like, I've heard it before. But I mean, they've been talking them up. So you know, assuming they weren't completely full of shit, that there was a chance he was going to do this. But I, I, I'm with you. It was like, all right, it's too much of this. We do this every year, so I'm, I'm out. Yeah, they want him to happen, but it was literally this was the end of the road. Right? You don't get three years anymore. Right, you just don't sure. to to happen as a receiver. But three games this year, and granted, without Tutu Atwell, but we all know the Puka Nakua story. I'm uh, sorry, without Cooper Cup, um, Tutu Atwell has had eight, nine, and nine targets in those three games, and he's had no less than fourteen point seven PPR points in any week. He is currently the wide receiver fourteen on the season. Everyone's talking about Puka Nakua breaking records. Tutu Atwell is a fringe wide receiver one yeah. on this same team. And no one gives a shit. <laughs> no one cares. So those are my guys. Yeah, so that'll that'll wrap it up. I think we did all right there. Went a little longer than we thought, but I think there's uh, some interesting plays in there this week. I, I, I'm looking forward to this week because I think it's going to be weird. I think we're going to see weird guys get in the end zone and good guys not at all I, I i think these games this week will be a little closer i like a lot of unders this week I, i'm i think this is going to be a i don't i don't say disappointing but a weird week for fantasy i think people are going to be scratching their heads i think the you know league projections are going to be way off from what these final scores end up being oh okay you heard john bet the unders we shall see. So that should do it for us. For myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. I had a couple of falls. Last Thursday, what? Friday, and Saturday. You did yeah, you, hold I, on, hold on, start this again. You fell? Oh yeah. I can't barely can stand up. Yeah. Try to stand up and I collapsed. <laughs> um so I called the doctor out here and I'm like, listen, I don't have an appointment for fucking weeks. I said I'm I'm falling. <clears throat> I can't I can't stand, I can't sit. I can only lay down, and when I get up, I fall. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> oh, perfectly. No, I'm just making it because I lean back. Yeah, I don't go any further. So man. you'll fall again. So those fucking people were like, you need to go to the ER. 
And I go, well, what's going to happen there? And they said, the receptionist says, well, it's that bad. You're probably going to need surgery. And I go, listen, I go, so what? I get there and I give them the name of my doctor. Does he come do it? Because Vegas doctors are terrible. And I found a guy I think I like. She goes, okay. oh, no, he's he's not on the on call. So I said, I go. And if they think you need surgery, they just randomly call a guy in who I don't know. She's like, yeah. They, like, they, they spin a wheel in the back room. Like, there is no fucking way. I'm letting a random Vegas doctor carve into my spine. So I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. So that is what I did. Drove out there. Have you ever thought about moving to Phoenix? All the time, but I don't want to pay I mean, state taxes. Like, it's my favorite place. Like, where you're going after Vegas, and it seems like there's an obvious answer for you. I don't want. I don't want to pay state income tax. 